Hello, welcome to today's episode. Today I am chatting with Minda Zetlin about career self-care. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life Magazine and the Brain Health Magazine. Additionally, I've published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today's guest is Minda Zetlin. She is the author of Career Self-Care and writes the highly popular Laid Back Leader column for Inc.com. Her articles and workshops offer research-backed advice to help ambitious people get the most out of their careers and their lives. Additionally, she is the author or co-author of several books, most recently The Geek Gap. A former president of the American Society of Journalists and Authors, she lives in Snohomish, Washington. Welcome to the podcast, Minda. I'm so happy to have you. And I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> well, welcome. So today we're talking about career self-care, which yes. I think is such a fascinating topic. Um, you know, I think often we don't, those two things don't go together, <laughs> career and self-care. Well, I mean, the whole argument of my book is that they should, yeah. and in fact, they do. And um, um, I'm so happy to be talking about it in this context because often it's like a more businessy context. And you know, I don't really want to use the word yoga, and I do talk about meditation, but it's kind of the M word because people are scared of it. And um, so it's it's fun to come and do it kind of from the opposite direction, where I don't I don't have to fear using these wellness terms. Um, but maybe here, career is, you know, the C word. Um, actually, I think these two things are necessary to each other. So um, I'll love getting into that as we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just dive right in. What, you know, in, in your terms, what is career self-care? What does that mean? Well, we talk about work-life balance, which I guess is really um, the topic of the book. I mean, the topic of the book is everything I wish I'd known when I was 30, but yeah, you know, that, that's super personal. So, um, so we talk about work-life balance, like these two things are, are um, somehow in opposition, or if one is up, the other is down, you know, somebody mm-hmm. once said they, they think of it like a seesaw to me. And I can see why, because on a day-to-day, in-the-moment basis, it is that way. Um, Do I, you know, finish this thing that I'm working on, or do I go out to dinner with my husband? Do you um, take a day off of work to go to your child's sporting event? I mean, so all of those times in in the moment, you're making a decision about what you're going to do with your time, and sometimes you choose to spend that time on work. Sometimes you choose to spend that time on family. Sometimes you might choose to spend that time just on yourself, which I think is really important to do too. But so in that sense, it can feel like the two things are in opposition or in balance, but, um, you know, I mean, they're no more in opposition than, you know, choosing to have 
date night with your spouse and leave the kids aside for a while or choosing to, you know, take your child on a just me and mommy or just me and daddy outing is in opposition to being in family. So um, what I think is that work is performed by human beings. And um, unfortunately, we live in a world that tends to ignore that. So um, if the human being that is performing the work, I mean, this is the short version. If the human being that is performing the work is happy, healthy, and at ease, then the work is better. And that person is liable to be more successful. So taking care of yourself as yourself is taking care of your career at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think especially for women, right. They, we might have children at home and in school and, you know, we're responsible for cooking and cleaning and doing all the things on top of having a career. And, you know, so often any form of self-care is put on the back burner. Um, How do you try to help explain that, you know, self-care, career self-care, it it needs to come first. It's not being selfish. It's, it's a necessity, right? Right. It's not, it's not being selfish. So, um, and just, you know, just to step back for a second, when, when I talk about self-care, um, in, at least in the context of this book, it's in the more global sense of figuring out what you want and what would make you happy in, in any given moment. And, um, you know, I mean, for me or for somebody out there on some occasions, that might mean, you know, sprawling on the couch and binging something on Netflix. Right. So, um, or it might mean going for a walk in nature somewhere, which is, uh, so many scientifically proven benefits. Mm-hmm. It's not funny. Um, so when, when we say self-care, we're not just talking scented candles and bubble baths and yoga classes. Right. I love all those things. Yes. I don't love bubble baths, but I love, I love the rest of those things. <laughs> I, I like bath salt. But, um, you know, I think particularly when there's small children involved or another family member that requires caretaking, um, it does get very difficult. Um, women do both tend to take this on ourselves and tend to have it thrust upon us by the world. Um, you know, we could do a whole hour on, you know, and why that is and, and what's wrong with it, but not going down that path right now. Um, it is very easy to put others first. And as with everything like this, there's times when you have to, um, there's other times when you can put yourself first. So the thing is, not that self-care comes first, but that self-care has a priority too. Mm-hmm. Um, just as if you're exhausted and haven't had enough sleep and haven't had any exercise in three weeks and um, had a um, Twinkies for breakfast, right? You're not necessarily yeah. going to do your job as well as if none of those things were true. Um, the same applies to your taking care of members of your family. And in both mm-hmm. cases, you're also going to be resentful which is not going to help anybody, including you. Right. So, so the thing is not that what that any one of these things come first, but all of these things are important. And making yourself feel well is actually part of being a good partner, being a good parent, mm-hmm. just as it is part of being good um, at your job. You know, and I think the saying is like you can't drink from an empty cup, right? And right. so, if you're 
doing all the things, but you're not putting yourself, your self-care in priority, you can't continue to do the things, right? <laughs> um, right. Not, not indefinitely. Right. Or, yeah. you know, or people get, um, they get very, they can get difficult to be around. Um, mm-hmm. They, they get frustrated. They feel yeah. uh, like life hasn't been fair to them. And, you know, I mean, we've all met people like that who do everything for everyone and feel like life hasn't been fair to them. And so they're a little bit put out all the time and it's not fun. It makes them not fun to be around, but it's not fun to be them either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and going back to relating this with your career too, like, you, you know, you can't be the best employee if you're, you know, drinking from an empty cup, so to speak. Um, Your work will suffer as a result of all the other things. Right. And when it comes to work, which is, you know, much more my expertise than parenting, um, the, there's all kinds of research out there that really supports this. So um, some research, researchers at Stanford figured out that you actually uh, in most of our knowledge jobs get less done if you work for 60 hours a week than if you work for 40 hours a week, because working all that extra time cuts into your productivity um, and mm-hmm. efficiency in such a way as it's not, it's literally not worth it. It's not worth it to your employer. And it's not now, do, you know, will all of us occasionally do that when we have to push a big deadline? Of course we will, all of us do, but that needs to be very exceptional and not the norm because you're not doing your job well. But even more important, if your job requires any kind of creativity or imagination or innovation, um, your brain needs that stepping away from work to make those kinds of connections that we call creativity. So to even to, to really excel at your job, you need to, to set those boundaries and take some of that time off. And, um, you know, if you look at the world's most successful people, well, maybe leaving aside Elon Musk, if you look at the world's most successful people, most of them do have those very firm boundaries and because they understand this on some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and I think the pandemic, you know, has brought to light that people working from home are actually more productive. Um, I know my friend, when he went to working, he, he was working from home before COVID. Um, but he's like, I get so much more done. Um, I'm so much more productive. Cause like you have a 20 minute gap between meetings. He can go throw in a load of laundry or start cooking his lunch. And he doesn't even take a lunch break. Cause you know, he just can kind of take his little breaks as he goes throughout the day. And he's like, I'm so much more productive. I get up. I don't have to drive an hour to work, um, you know, and then I don't have that hour commute home. And, you know, I think there's some power there, right, for people who um, can try to work from home. And that in itself is sort of a form of self-care. Well, it it is. And um, uh, it's, I mean, a very interesting kind of dance going on out there right now in the corporate world about because by and large employees don't want to have to come to the office every day. Um, But there was a reason that before the pandemic, most of us didn't work at home, or at least a very large portion of full-time employed people didn't work at home. Um, And that is that those with knowledge work because 
because it was never more than half of the of the working population that worked at home, even at the height of the pandemic, because mm-hmm. so many people had to be at work to, you know, being the frontline workers that we talk about. And right. I just acknowledge that for a sec. Um, but aside from that, so the reason that employers weren't as welcoming to people working at home before is because it's easier to manage people in an office. You've mm-hmm. got the office, you're paying for it. You want people there. Yep. You want yep. so, um, There are though advantages to being in an office that come out, for example, um, in the likelihood of getting a promotion. If you, uh, the, um, Stanford professor who did an enormous amount of research on this and interviewed or surveyed like something like 35,000 people throughout the pandemic uh, to see what was going on with remote work, uh, discovered that if you work remotely, even if you are being more productive, which in some cases you are, or which in many cases, or maybe most often you are, uh, you're less likely to be promoted, which Mm -hmm. led him to um, strongly suggest that businesses don't let people work at home full-time because, strangely enough, because the people who will choose to do that are what you just said, mothers with young children. And so therefore, um, and, and women who more often are the caretakers in, in the family. And so therefore, more women would choose to work at home full time. Therefore, women would be at even a greater disadvantage for promotion than we already are. That's his logic. So therefore, wow. don't let don't let people work at home full time because women will be the ones to, or don't let people choose to because women will be the ones to make that choice. So, I mean, I think there's a whole lot wrong with the system. Right. Wow. um, But so having said all that, yeah, there's, there's advantages to people getting together physically. There just are. Um, But that doesn't need to be 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, my friend I was talking about, he was working three days a week at home, two days a week in the office. Um, And, you know, and I think there's some mothers of small children that wouldn't want to work from home, right? Like that's especially like COVID forced them to right now, their kids are home because school's out and everything too. Um, But I think sometimes the moms with little kids wouldn't even want to work from home like they might not be the first to sign up for that so that's really that's really an interesting take on that um but I do want to back up for a minute and acknowledge those frontline workers and you know the amount of burnout right that we're seeing from from those people who had to work you know ridiculous hours during um the height of the pandemic you know and so what is some of your advice for particularly that demographic um, for career self-care? Um, you know, I think, I think it can be harder. I think um, something really interesting happened during the pandemic when sort of the rest of the world woke up and noticed that you, <laughs> you were there doing this uh, really, really important work that hadn't yeah. really been acknowledged um, and from what I understand, you know, the great resignation that everyone talks about where everyone um, in America has quit their job uh, has really happened a lot in this category of work. Yeah. Um, so now as the economy is in a whole other shift, um, the balance of power that shifted during the pandemic may or may not be shifting again. Um, it's complicated. It's difficult. But I think, um, you know, I mean, I think figuring out exactly what you want to do and pursuing that, um, you know, making it happen. It's also part of self-care understanding, even if 
the world doesn't treat your job as important, that we all know how important your job really is, um, is, is really important. And um, as with everyone, I think that your job should make you happy. And if the job that you have isn't making you happy, um, it's good to look. And I know not everyone can change jobs. Not everyone can change careers. Not everyone can move to a different place to get a different job. And so a lot of people are stuck. Um, doing work that may or may not inspire them. And um, that's, you know, and that's totally fine um, if that if that's what you have to do. But make sure that there's inspiration in your life and, and do what you can to have your job make you happy. Um, research shows that the majority of people who hate their jobs hate their jobs because of the boss they're working for, somebody mm, that they're working yeah, with. Yeah, I heard that statistic, yeah. And in many, so you might not need to change jobs. You might just need to change areas. Uh, you know, I mean, there's lots of ways to get out from under a difficult boss that don't necessarily involve quitting. So, you know, use your creativity to make your job as happy as it can be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've known too many people just in general, not even pandemic related, right, that just were frustrated with their job. And it's a lot of what you just said. It's it's typically the boss or maybe a specific coworker. And so perhaps if you can change departments or, you know, transfer to a different area that that could potentially be a solution for everyone. Um, and and that itself is a form of self-care. Like um, yes, taking right. care of yourself in your job. Because yes, if you're unhappy at work, you're unhappy right. at home too. Because then you just come home and complain about everything that happened that day. Right. And, you know, I mean, and even if you don't, even if you're, you know, even if you're one of these people who just doesn't complain or you like leave it all behind. Right. Um, the proportion of our lives that we spend working mm-hmm. is too large a proportion to spend that time being unhappy if, if you can possibly avoid it. Um, so, you know, something that I suggest for everyone, if you're not happy in your job or you think you might want to do something else is to, to kind of do some analysis. Um, I'm big on journaling. Um, and when I say journaling for me, that's a pen on paper, but for you, it might be doodling. It might be uh, voice recording. It might be doing video blog. Um, so you know, whatever form um, that takes for you to have a conversation with yourself, have a conversation with yourself and try and write down the things about your job that you hate, the things about your job that you like, if there are any, and goodness, I hope there are. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you break down that analysis and you think, okay, I want less of this, I want more of that, it can help you figure out what direction you might want to go in to be happier at work. And yeah, you might, you know, you might find yourself writing down that you absolutely hate the person that you're working for. And then, you know, and then that that's, that's the thing you have to solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, um, you know, you talked about promotions briefly earlier and just, I think that's also sometimes a frustration as people get passed over for promotion time and time again. And um, that starts to wear on you. Right. And you know, in that type of situation, you know, what do you recommend? Are you better to start looking for a new job or should you like talk to your supervisor about it? Like what, you know, in a situation like that, what might be a good course of action? All right. So in a situation where you've been passed over for a promotion that you believe you deserve, um, you know, especially if it's happened several times, then 
you need to, you need, um, data, <laughs> you need more information. And, um, you know, you might have a belief about why you were, uh, passed over for this promotion and someone else got it. That belief could very well be true. It could also very well be false. Um, if your belief is something like, uh, you know, the other person is a young white male and I'm, um, a black woman in her fifties, you know, I mean, it, that could be true right. and nobody will mm-hmm. ever tell you that it's true. So, yeah. um, but one way or another, you need to find out. So I would say, start by doing whatever research you can. Um, if you have a mentor in the workplace and everybody should, if you can, um, someone that you can presumably not someone you're directly reporting to, but someone you can go to for guidance, do that. Um, if you don't have a mentor, look around and see, okay, who's been here for a really long time? Who is liable to have the answers and know what's going on behind the scene and might be willing to talk to me about it? And then, you know, you have to do the really awkward thing of saying, um, gee, can I, um, could, I'm really struggling with something and I could really use your advice. Can I um, ask you for some advice. And I, when I've done this in the past, I usually try and pair it with, um, I'll buy you coffee or buy you lunch or something because it's, in, it's not exactly transactional, but that makes it somehow a little yeah. bit better. So, and I have, I've taken people out to lunch and, and asked them to clue me in. Um, so that's one piece of data gathering that you need to do. And, and I think it's really helpful inside an organization to do some of that data gathering, not necessarily from the person you report to. Um, at the same time, if, if uh, you're in that situation where you feel like you're not being valued, um, and that might be true, um, it's not a bad idea to find out what other jobs and things are available out there for you that you might like better um, doing some of that exploration is it's, I mean, it's probably always a good idea to look around just because you don't know what's out there and you can learn a lot. Um, you can learn if your salary is, you know, outrageously out of line with the marketplace, for example. So looking around for other jobs and starting to apply for other jobs is also a good thing to do um, at that point, right? There's no, no law that says you have to take another job if you get it. Um, and then the third thing is, at some point, once you've done your data gathering, um, yes, it makes sense if you, assuming you have a reasonable relationship with the person you report to or the person who would have made the decision about this promotion, um, can I ask, uh, what could I do to be considered for this role next time? And, you know, listen carefully to the answer you get, and that will help you figure out what your next steps should be. Wonderful. Well, Minda, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much um, for just being here and sharing this. Again, it's a topic um, that has not been covered and not talked a lot about. So thank you so much for being here. And I want to take a moment um, to mention your website, which is mindazetlin.com. And as always, we have a clickable link in the show notes. Um, so Minda, tell us a little bit about what we can find on your website and how we can work with you. Oh, um, all kinds of ways. So, um, so yeah, my website is like the front door to all kinds of things that I do. So first of all, first and foremost, you'll see my new book, which um, goes into kind of everything we've talked about here and a whole lot more in a great deal of detail. So, um, you know, I'd love to have you check it out. 
Um, I also write a column, as um, Amy mentioned, for Inc.com. You can find a link to my column there. You can find out about having me come speak at your event or do a workshop. Um, you can, um, there's a, there's daily texts that people get from me that you can sign up for. There's blog, there's newsletter. Um, there's so many different ways into my brain uh, and it all starts there. Wonderful. Well, Minda, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation. Well, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you are listening to help others on their own wellness journey discover this podcast. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting it through a Patreon membership for just $5 a month. That's patreon.com slash Amy Zellmer. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode.